Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild Card Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Welcome to Industry Focus. I'm your host, Nick Seipel, and I'm joined today by Motley Fool contributor Luis Sanchez. Today, we're excited to welcome our special guest, Tui Kortmach, the founder and CEO of Procore, a leading provider of construction management software. Procore came public back in May and just reported its uh, first results as a public company last week. Tui, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Nick. Appreciate it. Nice to see both of you. Great to have you here. Great to be talking to you today. So first off, for folks who haven't heard heard of Procore, what is construction management software? What does your company do? What's the problems that you solve for your customers? Uh, it's a great question. And yes, most people don't quite understand this. However, I will say that 7% of the global population actually works in construction. So I'm probably speaking to a certain subset of your audience right now. But, but in general, construction, it doesn't matter if you're talking about a nuclear power plant or remodeling your bathroom is highly complex and you have lots of different stakeholders that are coming together to deliver a project on time on budget safely but the challenge is is that the project's a prototype never to be built again the projects are always generally just not the same again and again and again you have a bunch of team members that have never worked together before they all work for different companies they all have competing interests uh, but they all actually share the project risks. So coordinating how uh, communication, collaboration, and the overall uh, information gets shared is critical in order to make construction performant. And I'll, I'll just give you one stat that might ring true for your audience is that there's $500 billion worth of waste. That's a half a trillion dollars just worth of waste that goes into construction because people are working off the wrong set of information. Uh, they're installing the wrong things. They're doing things out of order. They're not at the right job site at the right time. So it's a highly inefficient industry and Procore's platform brings everyone together and connects them to drive efficiencies into the industry. Right. And so this is like, so so say the plumber can be on the same page with the electrician, can be on the same page with the person uh, overseeing the overall project, can be on the same page with the owner. All these people trying to figure out how to build something we've never built before and may, may not be able to build again. And never built together, which is really important. And uh, they don't work for the same company. So yes, it's a, it's a really, really complex. And it's very, very um, fraught with challenges when people are uh, you know working in isolation. Absolutely. So, so Procore helps solve that problem with this project management software. Can you talk about what that software does and how it makes things easier for the, all these operators? Absolutely. So again, we are a platform and first and foremost, so it allows all project stakeholders to come together uh, and work off of the, the same set of information, uh, the right information and not old stale information. And so we, we don't only do project management. When you think about what the problems that Procore solves, it's, it's we start by pro solving problems in the pre-construction phase of construction, which is when all of the coordination happens before you actually put a shovel in the ground. And if you think about that, that phase of construction, if you get something wrong there, it amplifies and gets way worse over time. And so what we do is we have tools that allow people to make sure that they're estimating and they're budgeting and they're bidding and their design coordination all happens before the shovel hits the ground to mitigate problems before the construction starts. And then we have our project management flagship product, which is also on our platform, which allows for just managing the course of construction and all that complex communication that happens between that plumber and that electrician and that project manager and the owner, architect, engineer, you name it, during the course of construction. 
and then you get into while you're doing construction, you're also managing your financials. So we have a, a, a really amazing product, our project financials, which allows you to manage your budget, your time, material, everything that goes into the job in one place. Uh, and then we have resource management, which is everybody that works in construction tends to have people that work for them. You need to manage their time card, getting them to the right job at the right time. And so all of those tools on our platform enable our customers to manage more effectively the uh, challenges of construction. And then the last piece, and I'll stop rambling, is the we have 300 partners that build on that platform that solve for all of the discrete business cases that Procore doesn't solve for today. So collectively, our customers have a solution set that allows them to run more efficiently uh, and really just is uh, transformative. The industry is generally run on pen and paper, believe it or not. 50% of the people that we talk to every day are managing these complex projects using pen, paper, uh, you know, an Outlook email. It's just not, it's not efficient and Procore brings those efficiencies. Just to kind of dive more into the, the pen and paper comment, you know, you guys highlighted in your S1 that McKinsey study that shows that construction, hunting and fishing are like <laughs> the, three of the lowest, three of the, the industries where there's like the lowest software adoption. And I just be interested in hearing more about like, what have been some of the barriers to increasing yeah. technology adoption in the industry that you've, that you've had to fight against? So it's a great question, Luis. So uh, <laughs> it's so fundamental, it's gonna make you smile. Yes, the McKinsey study showed the major industries in America and the adoption of technology and construction is second from the bottom above agriculture and hunting, which is, you know, you can imagine, maybe the next business I start will be solving problems for those industries. But, but, the, uh, but construction could not adopt technology until the internet made it to the job site. And so really that didn't happen until the iPhone came out in 2007, but really in 2011, when the iPad became ubiquitous, finally folks that actually are working in the field, which is where construction happens, had access to the information that they needed in order to be successful. So though we started in 2002, we really didn't hit our stride until around 2012, uh, but that allowed for folks to start adopting technology. So first and foremost, they, they couldn't adopt it because they didn't have the technology in their hands to be able to do so. Uh, and secondly, there was a lot of point solutions that got built. So people could download a photo management tool or a, uh, you know, a document control tool from the app store, but then you had a bunch of folks on different job sites it was siloed information that executives at the company couldn't do anything with because you just had people with apps. And so the evolution to the Procore platform enables this, this 360 degree view for all party members into the complexity and the information that they need to run the job. So um, it, it's, it's not that they were late, it's because technology was late to come to them. Uh, and now it's uh, people are rushing to these solutions like Procore because we provide so much value. Yeah. So that kind of implies that to a degree you're kind of teaching or reteaching uh, construction professionals how they can get their jobs done. How like how important is like education or training um, as as part of your business and your go to market? Louisa, awesome. Love that you asked that question. Procore provides our solution to 85% of the construction management universities in America. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, whatever school you're at, wherever they have construction management, we provide it for free. And, and one of the most interesting things that we've learned is um, there was another product that was that we have displaced in that space. Um, and the professors all come to Procore and they say, you know, we used to have to teach our students how to use the software. 
And by the end of the semester, they knew how to use the software, but they didn't know how to build. And with Procore, Procore is so easy to use that they actually can start on day one teaching the students how to be builders, which is probably one of the best compliments we could get. So yeah, education is very important. We also provide a lot of continuing education for free to the industry. Prior to Procore, there was a lot of continuing education programs that you would have to pay for to get recertified for safety and or, you know, qualities uh, and or if you're going to operate machinery or whatever. Procore provides a whole bunch of solution of uh, technology um, training uh, for free to the entire industry, not even not just our paying customers that allows them to keep current in their skill set. Uh, as well as, you know, having not having to shell out dollars of their own to do so. So it's all part of our, our vision to improve the lives of everyone in construction. And um, it's just one aspect of how we give back to the industry. So one of the things you've talked about is, you know, the, the need to keep everybody on the same page across the board, you know, from, from the general contractor all the way through specialty contractors, owners, all those sorts of things. That comes into your revenue model, the, the, way, you, the way you price your software. Can you talk about that and, and, and why that's such an important part of, of your, of your go-to-market strategy? Absolutely. So the fundamental essence of Procore is our mission to connect everyone in construction on a platform. So when I founded Procore in 2002, uh, the first thing I had to decide was how was I going to monetize the business model? And I noticed at the time, the only real monetization strategy out there was a per seat license model. Um, now, there's no way I could ensure that we would get everybody on a job to buy a seat at Procore. And the challenge in construction is you have all these complex workflows that have to get done. And it's not like it's not like inside the walls of Motley Fool where you have a workflow that has to get approved for an expense or something. These workflows in construction jump companies, right? It goes subcontractor, GC, architect, owner. And so these complex workflows require every single participant on the job to have access to the technology in order to be successful. So if we had done a per seat license model, those, those workflows would fall apart and they just break simply. So that wasn't going to work. So we created an unlimited user model for our customers. So if you're a, if you're a general contractor, you can bring on all your subcontractors, material and equipment suppliers, your owner, everybody, your insurance providers, your bankers, everybody onto the platform at no additional cost. And so now you can actually complete those workflows. And one of the benefits to that is that we now have over a million and a half users on our platform, uh, sharing information, generating a whole bunch of valuable data on the platform that we can now reflect back to our customers so they can run better businesses and you know, be more performant, which is, which is really exciting when you have this much data. So yeah, it's very revolutionary, but it does actually allow uh, for us to be able to complete these complex workflows where other business models just simply fall down. Yes. Yeah, so, so when you talk about this unlimited seat license model, I think it, it sounds to me like, you know, you, you, it's kind of a land and expand. You form a relationship with one pick, particular party in this chain, they spread out to other people. So, so when you're thinking about going out and selling your software, going to, you know, making that landing, who, who are the customers that you're, that you're talking to, working with to, to, to get that type of, of traction? And, and how do you go about doing that? Yeah, Nick. So um, in the beginning, Procore was a general contractors. You can just think of Procore back in the day as a mid-market U.S. general contractor solution. Uh, over time, with our business model allowing our general contractors to bring everyone else on, including their owners and specialty contractors, uh, we have now expanded. So we are now, and by the way, if you get back to our mission of connecting everyone, ultimately everybody that's involved in the construction process 
uh, belongs on the Procore platform. So we now have a very large business that sells to the owners of the projects, as well as the specialty contractors. And it's very tempting for a user, uh, we call them a collaborator, a non-paying user who's in a project, to look at the value that Procore provides to the project team in general and say, I need this to run my business. And so you can create this flywheel effect of uh, you build awareness, the adoption increases, they get more engaged, they see the value, and then they become customers. So it's a it's a virtuous circle that, that works very well for us. Um, and uh, that's, I think, one of the reasons why we've scaled so quickly. Yeah, that, that's really interesting when, when you talk about the different stakeholders and now you guys are also serving owners. I'd love to, if, if you could maybe expand on that a little bit. Are there like, when it comes to owners, are there like different types of features that they're looking for? Like just given that they have a different perspective on the project. Yeah, Luis, they definitely, um, if you zoom out any project, every team member cares about time and money, schedule and budget. doesn't matter if you're the owner, the GC, the subcontractor, the, the lender really cares about that too, uh, as well as the insurers and everyone else. So the two pillars that, that, that everyone cares most about is the schedule and the budget, time and money. Uh, and so those are, those are fundamental. Now, now, owners care a lot about um, some of the detail underneath that, which is, um, you know, what, a drive, what are driving cost increases? Why is the budget going from X to Y? So they care about that. They care about project pro progress photos. Uh, they care about being able to understand the time of when the project's going to get done. So owners can start monetizing the facility that they're having being built. So there's, they have that vantage point. And specialty contractors have it really rough because they work on a ton of projects with a ton of different general contractors. Uh, and they're getting the right people to the right job at the right time with the right material and equipment is critical to their success. If they get that mix wrong, they send the crew to the wrong job site with the wrong equipment. They still have to pay those hourly timesheets, but they don't get reimbursed from the job. So, uh, and then of course the general contractor is trying to coordinate all the complexity on the job across all the stakeholders. And they care about basically everything that can go into construction. And if you've ever built anything before, I should have, I should have asked you this in the beginning. Have either one of you ever remodeled a bathroom or built a mansion or a, sky, a high rise or a nuclear power plant? <laughs> Unfortunately, no, I aspire to do, uh, you know, the mansion part in the future for sure. Luis? I haven't, especially not a nuclear power plant. <laughs> well, uh, all kidding aside, um, it, generally when I have this part of the conversation come up, people get it. They understand that there's a, um, you know, bringing all these folks together, everyone has their unique needs, but the, uh, the risks are so high on projects to blow the schedule or to blow the budget or frankly around safety, which is another area that we're really passionate about, that having a solution like Procore helps mitigate all of that uncertainty. And if you think about it, it doesn't matter if you're a large multinational corporation or you're, you know, Nick building a, a guest house, right? These are big capital investments that owners have, uh, and they really, really care about the outcomes that they're spending all this capital on. So, um, you know, the, everyone just has a unique vantage point and everyone has a need to make sure that it's done effectively. And again, I, I just think that's where we come in. For sure. Uh, given that you guys are establishing relationships with the owners, do you guys see an opportunity to maintain that relationship post-construction? We do. Um, so right now, Procore's focus is on, as I mentioned, pre-construction to closeout. And closeout is really when the general contractor hands the keys to the owner and says, here's your, here's your building. Um, what's beautiful about the uh, having everybody working off the same set of information is you end up having the, not what was designed in the beginning of the job, which never is actually what gets built. At the end of the job, you have what's called your as-builds. And basically it's the 
here's what you actually bought, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Owner. These are where all the, this is where the plumbing actually is. This is where the ele electrical systems actually are. This is, you know, everything that you need to know to manage the building. So there are a lot of folks that take the data from Procore once the job is done and, and import that into their facilities management solution. And so I would say ultimately, though our focus has always been on where we are today, uh, given the fact that we have all this information and we can provide so much value to owners, there, there could be an opportunity somewhere over the horizon in the distant future where facilities management looks good to us. Now, Procore's success is also predicated on the fact that we're very disciplined and we're very focused and we're trying to deliver as much value as possible uh, where we can. And so we're very disciplined about taking on these new opportunities. But as, you, as you're alluding to, just the construction industry global is a $14 trillion industry, and that's just for building stuff. Uh, so you can actually imagine how big the opportunity could be if you get into the actual operation and maintenance of buildings all the way through decommissioning those buildings. So there's a, there's a bright future ahead of Procore, but for now we're staying focused. Yeah, so, so you mentioned uh, you know, the, these future opportunities in the future. Uh, that, that that's kind of redundant, but the, these future opportunities available uh, to the company, this $14 trillion total addressable market. So certainly lots of room to grow into. Today, what segment of that, what share of that market would you say that you were addressing and how much of that do you think is accessible to you here in, in the relatively near future? Well, here's the beauty of a $14 trillion TAM is it doesn't really matter, right? So the, so the reality is, is that we operate in nine countries. We just opened up our offices in the UAE and, and in Singapore. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the U.S. market, as you probably are aware, is like a $1.5 trillion portion of that $14 trillion. Um, some of the estimates we look at is that the markets that we're serving today, just those other eight markets other than the U.S., represents a two to three times uh, uh, larger opportunity than the U.S. But again, the numbers are so big uh, in terms of TAM that it's really more about how do we service the industry in, and do it in a way that isn't... Uh, we're not moving too fast and not, not getting distracted, but we're actually providing a tremendous amount of value to our customers. Uh, and again, uh, yeah, it's, it's the TAM has never been Procore's challenge. It's always been, you know, how do we uh, get the, uh, how do we get the word out about the, you know, the solutions we provide and then how do we get more people on the platform? Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to ask about, so, so you have uh, the, the, the Procore marketplace, your, your, your kind of app store that fits into your strategy. One other Part of that that I think is interesting is you've used that, you've made a couple acquisitions in the past year, both of which being from companies that were partners in your marketplace. How do you think about where that marketplace fits into the business and the opportunities it gives you to, to bring more companies in and broaden your offering? Yeah, Nick. So I, I look at the app marketplace as being, there's in my mind, there's no daylight between them and Procore. It's, it's an us situation. Uh, we provide collectively a tremendous amount of value to our customers that are on our platform. So Given that, um, Procore has a very unique vantage point that we can actually see the adoption and engagement of the products that are built on our platform. Um, and we actually do, we partner with the app marketplace partners differently, and I would argue substantially better than most, because what we do is um, we actually provide a lot of a kind of non-technical services to them. So for instance, um, we have a one of the founders of one of the companies that we bought, uh, Honest Buildings, the founder, Riggs Kubiak. Um, spends a lot of time with the CEOs, founders, and the leadership teams of our app marketplace partners, uh, trying to help them develop better businesses, trying to understand how to build mission and vision and values into their organizations, how to prep them for scale. Um, and so what we try to do is we want to be the best partner they have. Um, so when it comes time for a possible acquisition, 
we know exactly what we're working with. And we also have developed their, their skills and their ability through you know, cultural engagement and everything else to a point where they're, it's very accretive to the business. So yeah, it's a, it's a very nice opportunity for us to see engagement, adoption rates. And then um, if the culture is right and the customers are demanding it, there's always an opportunity for us to be acquisitive. And it, it's just, um, it's, that's where we've been looking. And you, you saw those past acquisitions and, and uh, we will continue to foster those relationships. Awesome. So one of the questions I have for anybody that, that's, uh, you know, uh, leading a newly public company as we in the, in the public markets are trying to figure out how to make sense of your business, what are the numbers that you track internally to, to see that you're achieving your goals? What are the things that you would recommend to us as public investors to follow if we're keeping track of your business? You know, it's pretty simple. I would, I would keep it as simple as possible with Procore. Uh, because we, our pricing model, we don't, remember, we don't use seat license model. We don't have a seat license model. So we base our, our, our pricing off of both the construction volume that a company is running, as well as the products that they buy from Procore. So we have 13 products. So the, there's a mix in there. Um, so revenue for, you know, whatever, you, know, you can get clever with, you know, RPO and everything else. But what we ask everybody to look at is just look at our revenue and our revenue forecast and just, um, you know, track to that because we think that that's the most stable uh, metric that's out there. And, and, and you have to imagine that when Procore, because we, 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 we build off of construction volume, as construction kind of increases in overall market share, it gets bigger and bigger. Um, we, Procore gets a good early warning sign as to what's coming ahead because, Look at the um, infrastructure bill that the Senate just passed, right? That, that, one, that $1 trillion um, investment that the U.S. government's going to make into infrastructure will eventually lead into backlog for our customers somewhere down the road when those jobs become shovel ready. And that backlog will turn into construction volume for Procore, which is then you will see the increase in our revenue over time. So again, I would just focus specifically on revenue at this point. Excellent. So, so, so that's kind of what we should, what should be, what we should be paying attention to specific to Procore's business. As we zoom out, you mentioned the infrastructure bill, lots going on when it comes to the new construction. We want to get more green energy, that sort of thing. What trends are you seeing in the industry today that are going to be playing out here over the next few years? Yeah. So, uh, by the way, I, I um, <laughs> I'm still struggling to get through the 2,702 page document, which is the bill. Uh, but I, I, I got I got a, a fair way through it yesterday. So um, there's a lot in there, and there's a lot in there that benefits the industry of construction. One of the things that I think it's just so important to tell people is you don't have to be a um, construction specialist to understand that our infrastructure is failing in the U.S. You all you have to do is look at a bridge and anywhere in the United States, you'll see the, the crumbling concrete. Uh, you know, and the fact that roads need to be widened and traffic's bad everywhere. Um, so, but when I, there's a lot of opportunity once we start making those investments to, to that our customers, which are the contractors and the owners and the, and the specialty contractors are going to benefit from actually building over the long run. So um, it's a very broad and diverse bill. There's a lot of things in there from, you know, harbors to, you know, 5G to uh, roads and bridges to, um, you know, I saw, you know, there's stuff around, you know, just a varied number of different investments. Um, so in general, I think it's going to be an uplifting uh, opportunity for the overall industry. And it's a great investment in America. One of the things I think about when we're talking about the construction industry is that the construction companies themselves tend to tend to operate with uh, fairly low profit margins, like below 5%. And mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about how you guys think about affordability when, sent, when, when selling to your customer base and any other comments you have on like ecosystem health uh, today? 
Yeah. So uh, if you mean affordability of our product, is that the question? Affordability of not just your product, but just software in general, right? Yeah. So um, historically, the IT spend that the construction industry has, has uh, done as a percent of revenue has been very low, uh, some of the lowest. But our, our contention has always been it's not because uh, they didn't want to spend the money. It's because they didn't have anything worthwhile to spend the money on. Uh, so number one, number, number two is Procore is a, uh, our platform provides so much value to our customers. I think that's one of the reasons why we've scaled so much, which is the industry is so fundamentally broken that unfortunately you're right. The average construction firm is, is, is bringing home gross margins, you know, less than 5%, in some cases, 2%. Um, that is a direct correlation to how inefficient the, and how lack of, how much lack of transparency there is in the industry gets back to the 500 you know, billion dollars worth of waste that has to come out of someone's pocket, right? And that comes out of the pocket of the general contractor. So um, Procore's mission is to connect everyone. And when we're successful on that, it actually will allow customers to drive or contractors and subcontractors and owners to drive a higher margin return because we eliminate all, the, all of that waste. And it just drives more efficiency into the, an industry that's really been struggling. And you can't really get lower gross margins than that. So um, the opportunities are, are really, really big. Great. What are still what are some of the opportunities to that you're still seeing to uh, in terms of like new products or even existing products that don't have a lot of uptake that you think can help your customers the most going forward? It's it, uh, yes. So again, we have 13 products on our platform, and then the 300 partners. So there's a there's a lot for, there's a lot of solutions out there. But the interpretation I would hope everyone takes away from this is that the jobs of construction are very complicated. And they require a whole bunch of different solutions brought together on a single platform in order to enable people to do their job effectively. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we started out with project management. That was our flagship product. That's if you think about coordinating project team members from, you know, everybody from all the subcontractors and material and equipment suppliers, project management is really core to that. And so we built out our 13 products to solve for those challenges. One area that I'd like to really point out, though, is our, our project financials. Uh, that product line alone is a industry defining new solution. And that solution allows for project teams to not have to like go in through a VPN into their, their, their corporate office's ERP system and then try to take data out of that and merge it together with a spreadsheet to what's going on on their project. Our connectors from our project uh, financials tool allows our project teams to have full visibility in real time into how their projects are doing. And it's very much transformative. I think we define a new product category and the adoption rate has been very, very positive. And, and um, you know, we're excited to exp get more and more customers onto that product line. Yeah, no, it's really cool to uh, hear about how you know, innovation is impacting the industry and, and where it's going from here. You know, something I find really interesting about the Procore story and about your story as a founder is, you know, you started the company from basically day one. I mean, you were the founder and now your, your company has scaled and has become this very, you know, sizable public company. In my, like, I, I think running, running a private, a small private company and running a large public company are two different skill sets. Like, what have you been able to learn along the way that has prepared you to be you know, the CEO of a publicly traded company today? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I love when people ask me that question because um, if I didn't have a growth mindset and I wasn't focused on constantly learning, uh, I would have been, um, I would be, you know, I wouldn't have been able to scale this business to where it is today. A friend of mine, Toby Lecky, who's the, uh, 
the founder and CEO at Shopify uh, likes to tell me all the time that if your business is growing 100% a year, your skill set has to be growing at least 100% a year in order for you to maintain just a, you know keeping up with your business. So I spend a lot of time uh, working with mentors and people that are running public companies at a larger scale, uh, just trying to learn what I can from folks that have been there before me. And, I, and I've done that the whole path from when I was just a one-person company up till the day that we're a public company. And uh, frankly, I'm grateful for that. And one thing that's really kind of an interesting tidbit of information is um, I don't, you know, I'm able to talk to some of the most um, notable CEOs on the planet and they give me their time. And so I do the same for folks that are coming up in their careers. Um, and I've found that the whole way, which is there's this, um, there's a camaraderie of founders in particular that want to help each other out. And so um, I've been digging a lot into that and, and uh, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up that kind of uh, camaraderie of founders and Toby, uh, you know, is a big, we're big fans of him, uh, you know, at The Fool. It, Shopify has been part of a full recommendation for, for a long, long time. I like to ask this to all the CEOs we have on. So you already mentioned Shopify, so maybe we take that one off the list. But what's a company that, that you really admire and why? Okay, so uh, I'm going to be a little bit um, disingenuous here because I'm going to I'm going to call out my mentors because I, I chose the mentors because I love their company. So um, uh, first, uh, I think Snowflake and Frank Slootman, who's a, 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 an amazing um, leader, uh, you know, from um, just just on every vector has been an amazing inspiration to me as a person. And I really love the way he he he's a great leader in terms of he sees things in um, very, very clearly. Uh, and you can imagine from a from a the complexity of a business. We have about twenty four hundred employees or so. Uh, there's so much nuance and gray area, and to be able to lean on Frank and ask him how you know to, he looks at things, it's just it provides a lot of solace. And I think that Snowflake obviously is reflected in their numbers as uh, the performance under Frank. Um, the other one, which might be a little surprising to you, but I, I you know. Uh, I'll tell you is that uh, Satya Nadella is a mentor of mine at Microsoft and to see what Satya has been able to do in the last, you know, seven years or so to transform a business into arguably one of the best technology companies again in the world with one of the best cultures uh, is no small feat. And um, I, I just rely on him a lot to just help me understand scale, how to look at the world and um, frankly, how to create some um, frameworks that I can use in order to manage the complexity of construction. So I would say Microsoft and Snowflake are two. There are a lot more. And, and by the way, I, I should give a big shout out to Toby. He has really, you know, embraced me over the years and given me a whole bunch of, uh, uh, you know, feedback and a lot of, uh, lot of advice. And um, I'm very grateful for him as well. Well, Tui, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Maybe a last question for you. So we, we've talked here for half an hour, lots of conversation um, about Procore, about your company. If you wanted to leave a potential investor with, with one thought, one, one, one thing to keep in their mind as, as, they, as they go away from this conversation, what would it be? Yeah, thank you. I would say don't think of Procore just as a platform. Think of Procore as a partner to the construction industry. And I, the, the reason we win all the time, hands down, is not just because we have great tech, which we do. It's because it's the way we partner with the industry. And so because it's such early days in Procore's penetration in this $14 trillion TAM, I would just keep an eye on how we uh, continue to progress uh, because I do believe the best partners in the industry, the people who put their customers first, uh, will win every single time. So that's where our focus has been and where we continue to be as we scale into this massive opportunity. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope we can talk to you again sometime soon. You got it, Nick. Luis, great to see both of you. 
Awesome. As always, people in the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Annie Franks for help mixing the show. For Luis Sanchez and Tui Courtmatch, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.